Hi, it's David Summers, and welcome in. It's the second episode of the Chord Buddy podcast, here with Travis Perry, the inventor of Chord Buddy. Travis, good morning. What's good, up, buddy? Good morning, Dave, and, and Merry Christmas to you. Absolutely. It's so fun yeah. to say Merry Christmas. You <laughs> it, is. Now, right? it is. You know, that's the thing. I promise you, when you say Merry Christmas to somebody, you can't say it without smiling. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's cool. Last week, you talked about how your daughter, Brady, mm-hmm. inspired you about this crazy invention, and you yeah. thought about this thing for a long time before. Only, not that long, Dave. Only 30 years. Only 30 <laughs> years before something happened, and you finally said, okay, I'm going to do it. And you literally took popsicle sticks, and you put little pieces together, and you said you amazed yourself because this thing really worked. I couldn't believe it worked. I, I'll be honest. I, I, I was appeasing Brady because she asked me, you know, when I told her about the magic gizmo, she said, will you make me one? And so I was just really appeasing her. And when I put it on the guitar and it went, I mean, I almost fell out. So you implemented something with popsicle sticks that would make a chord. Yep. It was popsicle sticks and rubber grommet, which is what you, when you rescreen a window, right? that's what goes in the grooves that oh, yeah. holds the screen. That's called grommet. Grommets, yeah. And so I had rescreened a window at a rental house I had. Mm-hmm. And so I had a roll of grommet laying on the counter. Right. And so I said, well, what can I use? I was looking at it and I said, oh, I can use that grommet. So yeah. popsicle sticks and rubber grommet made the first prototype cord buddy. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> and then the amazement in your daughter's eyes, I can oh. imagine that. So yeah. there are a lot of aspects that we could talk about. So let's go where you want to go on this. We could talk about what it took to become an, an inventor because before you went to Shark Tank, you had to have a thing. And so you invented cord buddy. Mm-hmm. So we could talk about Shark Tank and even in the after math of Shark Tank because you actually, you fought to keep this idea in the Dothan area. So no. what do you want to talk about? I mean, there's uh, so many interesting facets of, of what you've been through yeah. on this ride. Well, and, and yeah, there's a, a lot to talk about. I think there's a lot that's interesting to people and certainly more episodes coming. We don't want to let everything out of the bag the, on the second show, but I tell you, so many questions everywhere I go is, what was your experience like on Shark Tank? Right. So yeah. let, let's talk about that. Yeah, you met the stars. I mean, that was a pretty cool deal. Where did it actually take place? Was it in New York City? No, it's in Culver City, which is in Hollywood, right? in L.A. Okay. So when you land at LAX, Culver City's about 10 minutes from the airport. So right. it, but that's where all of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies was filmed. That we were actually... See, when you see the show, it sort of looks like you're in a boardroom, a big boardroom. Right, no, exactly. You're, you're yeah. not. You're on a huge soundstage. Mm-hmm. And we're actually where Wheel of Fortune was filmed. Oh. It's, it's filmed. Interesting. So, yeah, same studio. It's funny because you don't see this at home, obviously, but when you walk out into the tank, there's probably 30 people right off camera. You right. know, there's lighting guys, there's jib guys that run the cameras that move around. Yeah. You know, there's directors. I mean, there's everything. And it's nothing like what you see, you know, on TV. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that there are that many people nearby. It just seems like you're one-on-one with those billionaires or millionaires, whatever Well, even when they open the doors in the beginning, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. With me, they did. They opened the doors, and I'm walking down a hallway, you know, and they've got what looks like aquariums on each side. That's actually just big-screen TVs, LCD TVs. It's not real aquarium. Looks just like the real thing, though. So there's a guy six feet in front of me, with a camera running backwards. 
Right. You know, as I walk in. So, yeah, those are things you just don't think about. You see it, but you don't think that, you know, okay, there's somebody having to do that there. So that's walking in onto the set, and you're about to be on national television. Mm-hmm. How did you find out about Shark Tank, and how did mm-hmm. you get there? Yeah, great question. So... I've always been an inventor, a tinkerer, as a lot of people call it. My daddy, oh my God, my daddy was. There isn't a product that he ever bought that he didn't modify. (laughs) It don't matter if it was a watering can, if it was a fishing, something to do with his boat of fishing. Nothing he bought, he didn't see a way to improve it and modified it. Right, and so I'm not as bad as Daddy was because he, he. I mean, it don't matter if he bought a, a box; he was going to modify it. But anyway, I start seeing the trailers or the advertisements for this new show, mm-hmm. you know, called Shark Tank. And so, being an inventor, the, you saw it on TV. Yeah, yeah, upcoming promotional yeah, announcement. Promo- right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, being an inventor or then the son of an inventor slash tinkerer, I, I was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, and Dave, I don't know if you knew this, for many years I was an entrepreneur. <laughs> Finally, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, listen, I saw you on TV <laughs> with your kids for a long time, and you were in real estate. You had a TV show that mm-hmm. ran on like yeah. Sunday afternoons, mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. You were out there, you were kicking the can pretty good and oh, trying to uh, stay in the game. And uh, Oh, yeah. Well, and then 07 happened. What caused all this, and I talked about it last week, was the mortgage bubble burst yeah. and I lost my mortgage and real estate business. Right. So that's and hence that's why Cord Buddy's here. But anyways, I was watching the promotions for Shark Tank gonna be coming on. And the night it aired was in 09. Hmm. 09. October of 09. Fall season. I'm sitting there watching it and at the end of the show as the credits roll it came up. Are you an inventor? Do you have an amazing product? Submit your idea or your product to Shark Tank. So at that time, Dave, you could do it by email. You could mail it in. You could actually call them and someone would answer the phone. Now, that's not doable now. Right. Wow. Talk to a person. Oh, oh, yeah. It's too big. They do cattle calls like they do on American Idol. You know, they'll be in Dallas. They'll be in Miami. So you go wait in line with thousands of people to pitch to someone that's representing Shark Tank. Interesting. Okay. So I, I got on my laptop. I emailed them. They emailed me back. They said, send in what you... So I sent a prototype. This was in 09. Cord Buddy did not come out until October of 10. Ah. So I submitted a prototype to them before I actually had a product, mm-hmm. which in hindsight, knowing what I know about Shark Tank now, wasn't the best way to do it because, now it worked out for me because it took them two years, two years to call me. They did not call me till 11, till July, August, uh, no, d- June of 11. So for two years, you heard nothing. Nothing. So you, did you think, well, that they're never going to call yeah. or it's over yeah. or yeah. Yeah. I just, that little part of the dream? Well, yeah, I just I, I thought they had probably turned me down. And I, I just forgot about it. And I had hundreds of people say, man, you want to put this on thing on Shark Tank? Well, I've applied. You know, I hadn't heard anything. Right, right. So, But why, why I was saying before that, why that wasn't a good idea, because people ask me this on time. I, I've got a great product. I want to go on Shark Tank. Well, have, what are your sales? Oh, it's, it's not out yet. Well, don't do it because you're blowing eight to 10 million eyeballs on your product that's going to Google it and buy it like that. Hmm. And if you don't have a product to sell them, you've just wasted a, literally a million dollar opportunity. Wow. 
you know. So until you have a product, a living, breathing product that someone can buy, do not go on Shark Tank. It's a waste of time. All right, so I want to know what happened next, and we're going to yep. take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll find out what was Travis's next step with Chord Buddy. That's coming up right here. Now you can play guitar literally in a matter of minutes. It's Chord Buddy, the amazing guitar implement that will have you playing guitar right away. Remember that guitar that you got for Christmas that you keep under the bed or in the closet because you just couldn't learn to play? Pull it out, dust it off, and get started. Or if you don't own a guitar, go to ChordBuddy.com. You'll be playing in a matter of minutes. You've always wanted to play guitar. Now's the time with Chord Buddy. Find out more at ChordBuddy.com. Welcome back. Episode 2, the Chord Buddy Podcast. David Summers here with Travis Berry. All right, Travis, when we left, folks were telling you, wait, before you go on Shark Tank, you got to have something that is ready to sell. So what happened with Chord Buddy? You had already created a prototype. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, no, you can. You need more than a prototype. What did mm-hmm. you do from there? Well, you know, I applied, and I applied with no product on market yet. And so I applied with a prototype. But here's the thing. I didn't hear anything for two years. So by the time, two years, mm-hmm. you know, January, February, March, April, May, June, they called me in June. Well, by that time, we did have a product on the market. So that worked itself out. <laughs> so you had already, by the then you had already had a product in a package. Yeah, yeah, we were on the market. Had been on the market for right at eighteen months. Right. Yeah. You did everything on your own. Well, no, I, I've got some partners. I, I went to a couple of people that I knew when I was in real estate mm-hmm. that had entrusted me to buy and look for investment property farm and to do some deals with me in real estate. Well, when I got out of real estate or was forced out by the economy, I went to this one person that I had I had made a lot of money for. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, I've got an idea. And I told it to him. And he said, how much you think you need to get started with? I said, at least 100000 He put out his checkbook and wrote me a check for wow. $100,000. Wow. I fell out. I thought I'm, he might go 10000 yeah. you know. And, right. and he said, yeah. He said, man, he said, I'm, I'm in. And he wrote a check. So so that, that was all good. So that got the ball rolling with R&D. So we had months and months of research and development with prototypes. We had 17 prototypes made at $1,500 a pop. Do you have one company do all of that? Yeah, Troy Mason, and he's out of Indianapolis, Indiana. So they would make something, send it to you, and you would say, no, change this, change this. So 17 times it went back and forth. Is that how that worked? 17 times. Wow. And the first one, and I've got it here. I can show it to you. The first didn't didn't even work. I mean, in fact, the, the pictures on our first songbooks are of the chord buddy that didn't work. The very first one? The very first one, yeah. And lots we'll get into as this, this show goes on. But there's mm-hmm. when you go from concept to consumer, there are so many pieces to the puzzle to get a product on market. You've got liability, warranties. You've got to have, if, if, if a child's going to play it, like a lot of children start off with our, you've got to have it tested by the child and toy safety people. To wow. Make, yeah, and so you and packaging. So then you got like that, that on the wall there that clamshell. It's called a clamshell mm. beside to the left of the box. Right. So you've got to design all that. I mean, there's so many pieces child to the safety. Puzzle. I can't. I can't imagine. Are you talking about that? They might swallow a yeah. piece or well, something it, like it, that. You look at the cord, but it's got bright colored buttons that they would might think is candy. Candy, exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that two-year-old tried to pry it off with his teeth and, and swallow it. How are they so, attached on there? Two ways. They're pressed in. It's called a crush fit. 
It's literally a square peg going into a round hole. Oh, literally. Wow. Yeah. So you have to crush it it's in. It's wedged in it's there. It's wedged in, and then we, we glue it on top of that. So a child can't bite that thing off. <laughs> I mean, it, I, right. I, I'm not saying if he worked on it for like a beaver for 24 hours, he might See, be. I, I would but, never imagine this aspect of oh, yeah. inventing a product. Oh, it's so many pieces to the puzzle. And you're right, I did not have anyone to help me. I just had time on my hands, and I had a passion that I lived and breathed getting this product on the market. And we made it to market in 18 months, where it normally takes about three to four years. This investor, did this investor help you do the homework, or mm-hmm. were you you were the homework guy? Did he help you? Oh, you have to start at this particular place. No, and he go was strictly he was strictly a money investor that right. just allowed me to start the development process. So and, you were on your own. You yep. were alone in the process of where do I start mm-hmm. now? I did have a guy that good friend of mine, John Corbin, who since passed away. We became friends and, and we played bluegrass music together. He was our stand-up bass player in my bluegrass band. And John wasn't an educated man. Never graduated high school. Quit in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. But he was a smart man. Right. So he was my bouncing board to bounce a lot of ideas off of. Very mechanical. He had built airplanes. He had built boat motors out of lawnmower motors. I mean, he, he was like my dad in, in a sense, as far as the inventor tinker. And so I would call John when I'd get a prototype in, and I'd say, man, John, look, this is working, but this isn't working. And he'd look at it, he goes, yeah, what, what, what we need to do is so-and-so. So he helped me a lot. And actually, I gave John a small percentage of the company. Wow. Sometimes that practical, common sense approach, Mm -hmm. maybe somebody's not even educated, goes way farther than somebody who is educated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So 17 prototypes before we got one that worked. Wow. That is that is just amazing. And then so once you finally had the prototype, how did you know this is it? Well, it it worked, obviously. I mean, or it worked as much. It was as good as I thought it could be. Mm -hmm. So here's another good point. You never perfect anything, as I found, because we're still working on this product 10 years later. Mm -hmm. But when we released it on the market, customers go, man, I love this core buddy, but it's doing this. So I would look at it and go, oh, yeah, right. We could improve that. So we'd make another another adjustment to the mold. And then we'd do that, and, and then we'd get two or three customers. And when I say two or three, I'm talking about two or three hundred <laughs> that right. would have a similar recommendation on how to make it better. And so. Where were you when you sold your first cord, buddy? You had a location downtown, right? Yep, yep. I had a, a music store at that time called Music Exchange, where we primarily did used equipment, specialized in in reselling used equipment. We put them in there first, and they sold like hotcakes. They truly did. I was like the only store that took them. I mean, I thought it would be a stone rolling downhill. I thought it mm-hmm. couldn't be stopped. Mm-hmm. David, I couldn't get anybody to, to even want them. But the, and this was all before Shark Tank. Before Shark Tank. I mean, my store sold them and did good, but you've got me in there right. demonstrating you're, it. Demoing. You're the inventor, absolutely. Yeah. And so everybody that saw it liked it. Well, you call a music store up and you say, hey, I've got the best teaching tool in the world. And they say, yeah, right. So mm-hmm. everybody that calls me has the best of something. Whatever they're yeah. selling is the best of that in the world. Here he comes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so they just wouldn't do it. They, w- they wouldn't buy any. So I got to where I would leave a box of 10 at a music store. I'd leave a return label with them. And I say, if you sell these, 
Just pay me. If you don't, return them. Right. I did it all on consignment. Nobody would buy. Were you doing a TV show at the time from that location and picking and singing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was called Bluegrass and the Wiregrass. I do. Rem- mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. that. Did that replace your real estate show? Yes, for a while. But then because my real estate means was funding that because the music store wasn't a big. So I was using real estate, my real estate funds to, to fund both shows. So it eventually stopped too. Interesting. So, but on this Bluegrass and the Wiregrass, mm-hmm. is this where you first told the public about Cord Buddy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it via commercials or just during the show, hey, I want to tell you about this thing I've invented? Yeah, right. If I didn't do a commercial in there. I would just say, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, guys, this Christmas, you need to buy this for your kid. You know, I just did a during the so show. So anybody who bought it, is that where they heard about it, saw it, knew it? <clears throat> there, and I did a lot of local radio at that time. I did right. stuff with y'all. Yep. I did local TV, too. What, uh, what year was that? Can you remember? Yeah, that was... Uh, October of 10. So it started in 10. And then I was on Shark Tank in 12. In 12, yeah. So I had 18 months that I called pre-Shark Tank. That was rough. I mean, we were keeping the doors open, but it was nothing like I had envisioned it would be. <laughs> How much by now had you had you paid the investor back? None. None? <laughs> None. Not a penny. In was fact, that? I had to go to the well again and it, to the tune of another 100000 Wow. And then another 100000 and another 100000 I was 400 Same person? Th- no, no. Different people. Right. Mm-hmm. When you have that much money... Other folks' money. How do you sleep? You work hard. You don't want to let them down, you know. And I, I be honest, I, I started feeling like I was letting them down. You know, you don't ever want to let anybody down, especially someone you owe money to. But they all saw I was working hard. I wasn't sitting on my tail. You know, it just, it takes a while for things to get off the ground sometimes. Can you recall the person who set you down and said, Travis, this is up to you. If this is going to work, it's you. Yeah, yeah. I had my accountant, actually, <laughs> who the logo of Chord Buddy was actually his idea. That looks like a guitar, you know, that spells CB Chord Buddy. Yeah, yeah. That, he actually, I was teaching him fiddle lessons. He actually helped me design that. But he was my accountant, so he saw what was going on. And he said, Trevor, you you got to have a plan B, and then you got to have a plan C, because plan A isn't mm-hmm. working right. And Robert, everybody needs a non-yes man in their corner. Mm-hmm. You're going to have plenty mm-hmm. of folks that's going to slap you on the back and go, man, what a great idea. Oh, yeah, yeah everything you say. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yes, uh, what we call yes men. Yeah. But you need a non-yes man in your corner to throw out the what ifs and, you know, you need to think about this if that don't work. All right, listen, there's so much more that I want to ask you about. Yeah. But let's take a break, and when we come back, will you pick a song for us? Sure. All right, let's do that. We'll continue Episode 2 of Chord Buddy with Travis Perry coming up next. Now you can play guitar literally in a matter of minutes. It's Chord Buddy, the amazing guitar implement that will have you playing guitar right away. Remember that guitar that you got for Christmas that you keep under the bed or in the closet because you just couldn't learn to play? Pull it out, dust it off, and get started. Or if you don't own a guitar, go to ChordBuddy.com. You'll be playing in a matter of minutes. You've always wanted to play guitar. Now's the time with Chord Buddy. 
Find out more at CordBuddy.com. All right, welcome back. Episode 2 with Travis Perry and Cord Buddy. David Summers here. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate this. It's an amazing story of how Cord Buddy was invented by Travis Perry right here in Dothan, Alabama. All right, Travis, we're going to take a break from the story. You're going to pick a holiday tune for us. I am. It is the season. In fact, we were just playing this song, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, on the ukulele at my home this morning. Really? Yeah, I wake the kids up with music, with me playing music every morning. Here he comes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, they, they, I, I, I go and I'll get right over their head and I'll start going. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You know, and then I'll get louder and then louder. And then by the time I'm to the chorus, I'm, it, it, it's like a metal rock show, yeah. you know. At least it's not the leaf blower or the lawnmower <laughs> that you're bringing into their bedroom. Yeah. Or the belt. My daddy used to wake me up with a leather strap. Oh, boy. Sharpened, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, right. Barbershop. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's do Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer here. I think I know this one. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if he ever saw it, well, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. You see, they never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Now the reindeer loved him, and they shouted out with glee. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down in history. Ah, Merry Christmas, guys. Nicely done, Travis. All right, so if somebody's interested in Cord Buddy, how do we get your product? I know you have a location on Cottonwood Road in Dothan. They could come by the store here. What's the actual address? How do you best define well, where you are? Well, uh, we're actually, this is really defined as a manufacturing plant, but mm-hmm. if someone comes and wants to buy it here, absolutely come on by. It's at 22868 East Cottonwood Road, which is exactly one mile down Highway 53, which is the Cottonwood Road, one mile from the circle on the right. But for those that's not in this area or is in the area, also Mike's Music sells it. Lada Music sells it. Out yeah, no, a while ago you were saying you couldn't get a music company or record store to sell it. <laughs> well, that changed after Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah. I, every, I mean, my phone rang nonstop from Guitar Center to Sound Mash Music Stores. Right. Everybody. So Mike's Music, Lada's Music. West Main Pond and Jewelry. Let's see. That's probably the top three locations. There might be one more, but that's the three that buy from us all the time. We can also find you online. Yep. www.cordbuddy, C-H-O-R-D. Don't leave the H out. C-H-O-R-D, buddy.com. Let's see. We're on Facebook. Like our Facebook page, it's T-H-E, the Cord Buddy. And if you have got a Cord Buddy, you need to join our Striking a Cord Facebook group. Oh, and cool. That is where... If you have a chord buddy and you're learning, it is our group of people that help each other. So if you're trying to learn a song, just say, hey, guys in the group, I'm trying to learn Let It Be. Does anybody, can anybody help me with that? One of our members will reach out, either me or one of the members. So it's a great group to join, Striking a Chord. 
All right, that's awesome. And the number of products you you sell guitars, you sell mm-hmm. ukuleles. Of course, you sell the implement chord buddy too. Mm-hmm. Yep, tuners. We have a uke buddy, which is a chord buddy for the ukulele. We have three different guitar packages, different colors. We have a capo tuner, which is a tuner and a capo. I invented that as well. A lot of stuff. Just go to the website songbooks. We have I think six or seven different chord buddy songbooks, and that's at chordbuddy.com. Everything right there at cordbuddy.com. And you've got a great group of folks here. If somebody wanted to call and ask questions, is there a number? Sure, sure. 334-699-6188. 334-699-6188. And chances are, if you call, you'll get me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, a lot of fun hearing this story. Can we come back again on the next episode and continue the story? We'll take it from when Clay Newbell, the producer of Shark Tank, called me at home. Wow. He so called me. Was this the first thing that happened? Did you get an email? Nope. Anything ahead of you? Not, fo- not a word So the phone rings mm-hmm. and it's some big Hollywood producer guy. Yep. That's exactly right. That's where we're going to pick this yep. story up. Yep. Travis, this has been a lot of fun. Me too, Dave. Thanks, All right. Man. We'll be back episode three right here. This is Cord Buddy. Listen next time for the Cord Buddy podcast with Travis Berry. The Cord Buddy podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and TuneIn. Find out more at CordBuddy.com or Facebook or Instagram at The Cord Buddy.